Welcome to the Real Estate Marketing Podcast. My name is Jerome Lewis. I'm your host for today. The Real Estate Marketing Podcast is a podcast where we talk marketing, tech, business, and leadership. We talk these things for real estate agents, real estate investors, and real estate entrepreneurs. The Real Estate Marketing Podcast is a podcast that has two purposes. Purpose number one, to educate and inform our audience and listeners. Purpose number two, Vince, to spotlight you, your business, your service, or your product in a way that provides value to you, including market exposure and content creation. With that, we have a very special guest, Vince Shore, a leading advocate and financial expert dedicated to creating partnerships between service providers and wellness-focused organizations with a mission to increase awareness, enhance brand presence, and deepen relationships with clients and prospects. Vince has spent over 15 years working in the financial services industry positively impacting the lives of more than 20,000 individuals. Currently serving as CEO of the National Finance Educators Council, NFEC, Vince is the forefront is at the forefront combating the epidemic of financial illiteracy. He leads a dedicated organization focused on empowering people to develop successful financial habits and provides value to financial service providers by delivering personalized one-on-one services. As a certified B Corporation and accredited IACET company, Vince has led the development of educational programs that have been utilized by the top 20 revenue generating financial companies in the United States. The client base consisting of over 1,400 organizations of all sizes, Vince works closely with the financial services providers to cultivate financial success and make a difference in financial wellness of their clients. His mission is to provide value to partners and the community through education initiatives at the local level. By, provide, by participating in cause-based campaigns, Vince empowers businesses to achieve their goals while benefiting the communities they serve. Vince, I'm excited that you're here. Welcome to the show. Jerome, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, so uh, I just want to go back and I want to go in your bio. There was something that jumped out to me and I want you to help us understand it. We So I... I a-C-E-T. Could you help us understand what that stands for? And how it's yeah, it's an, uh, it's an accreditation body. So there's accredited right. providers. We're one of the very few, less than five in the total financial education industry. Okay. Multiple year process, very detailed. It's like going through the biggest underwriting loan you've ever seen times 10. Uh, but the reason we went through that is because we're trying to elevate financial education standards to meet standards set by schools and colleges where they're not teaching it. Schools are still aren't teaching financial education to the standards that we need. Anybody here that's in the mortgage or real estate space, you know it when people call in and they have absolutely no idea on their finances. They don't know their credit score. They're calling in for a $500,000 loan. They can qualify for maybe a buck 20, right? Um, that's financial literacy. That's what we're trying to combat. And really, I saw this front line um, in the mortgage space. I spent many years there. And just the the problems that people were facing, I couldn't do enough on the mortgage side, right? I was on the phone where people were getting evicted. People were just contacting me too late while proceedings were, were, were moving forward too fast. And I couldn't help them. And I think this, this issue of financial illiteracy is an epidemic. And we wanted to showcase, hey, we meet the highest education standards. So we're bringing in principles that will help people achieve that most effectively. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And you, you kind of touched on yours because I, typically I like the people, I like people to tell their story and how they got to where they got to. And you started talk, talking a little bit about it. So you went from like real estate 
and now you're into financial services. Can you t- take us through that journey so we can understand how you got here today? Yeah, I always had an interest in real estate. I made my first real estate purchase at 19. I was always the guy in the back of the classroom. I didn't care about the typical subjects in school. I knew they were useless for the most part. Chemistry, biology, I can care less. American literature, that stuff, I don't care. But I was studying about real estate investing in those types of aspects. Now, although I was really interested in real estate, I felt the other stuff was kind of boring. I didn't really put a focus there, the credit, the budgeting, that stuff. I always was looking, hey, what can help me grow and expand uh, to build a real estate empire? Really, that was my vision. And, uh, you know, uh, I had the day of reckoning after some college student loan debt, some credit card debt, making investments with advances on credit cards um, back in the day. I made some mistakes. It caught up with me, right? Um, And I paid the price. Um, and, And I got into financial services to help people. And really my time there, I felt like as a frontline educator, right? I was teaching people the process of the various industries I was in. And, uh, you know, that, that was a big role of what I did, but I, I, I kept feeling like I was putting a bandaid on issues. You know, I'd refi somebody, lower their pay, pay off all their credit card debt, roll everything into one loan, lower their payments by a few grand. Uh, and then three, four, eight months later, they would contact me again and say, hey, I need another 50 grand. I'm like, what's going on? We just worked out a budget. We did all this for you. So I felt like I was really putting a Band-Aid. And that's when I founded the uh, NFEC back almost uh, two decades ago and was really focused on proactively educating people before they get to get and find those problems that I did um, and, and really serve in that way. But it's something that I've always been passionate about. I've always, even when I was investing young, the thing I loved most was my friends and my parents' friends asking me, hey, how do I buy a home? What's that? And I love that, right? And I didn't really connect the two until after my time when I was considering, hey, where do I move from financial services? And my mom brought that to a realization. She said, hey, you always used to talk about ed- providing education in schools, financial education. And I quit my job at that point, started this full time. And that's where I'm at here today. Thank you. So you mentioned the NFEC. Could you tell us what that is and help us understand the mission, the purpose? Like, tell us about the NFEC. Yeah, we're the National Financial Educators Council. So our role is really setting standards for the financial education and coaching industry. We partner with various groups from colleges, schools, um, uh, government organizations, but we do a lot of work with financial services. In fact, about 25% of our clientele is in the financial service space. And they do this for a few reasons. A lot of like our, our real estate uh, industry people are, you know, uh, incorporate coaching, financial coaching into their practice to offset those times when markets change, interest rates increase, decrease. Um, throughout the years, we always help with the branding. So a lot of, especially the bigger organizations are looking to align themselves with financial wellness. So we do a lot of work on the brand imagery, which is really the foundation of anything we do in, in, in the space. And uh, I think it's a big missing piece of a lot of people uh, in, in mortgages and in real estate. But uh, um, so we help them with the branding and we connect them with the cause. And I think this is so important because it helps to distinguish somebody from a cause-based perspective of value alignment. So there's something to have a conversation about positioning them as an educator, community leader, uh, just helps with that overall perception of that brand and what you're providing to the community. Um, And of course, provide educational resources. So a lot of them will like to do workshops and courses to build pipelines, right? They'll conduct a a first time homebuyers workshop or a, um, you know, how to refinance workshop and and, and different targeted things of that nature. 
Um, so again, the coaching, the brand piece, and also the education is really how we support financial service industry professionals. Okay. And, and so when you say financial services, like what does that, I'm pretty sure it's like a lot of things incorporated within that, but what does that mean? If I'm like, I'm in real estate and I'm like, what is, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm interested in what it is that you're talking about. I'm like, you know what? A lot of my clients, they do need financial services. Uh, I know they, they need help with their mortgages, but maybe that's the, the furthest extent I know. Like, but it's deeper than that, right? It's like included as personal finances, investing, making sure you don't get like the wrong uh, interest rates and all kinds of stuff like that. So can you help us understand like on a fundamental level, what financial services means? Yeah, financial services, I, I just use it as a broad category for anybody offering financial products. So you okay. could be your financial advisor, your CPA, even though it's a service, like I, I, I would, products and services, I should expand that. CPA, okay. tax person, your realtor, mortgage broker, insurance person, right? They're all product or service driven. Um, but I feel that all of them are part of the financial wellness industry. So I, my part in the financial wellness industry is educating, coaching, providing resources at our foundation. Everybody else's role in financial services is more providing the products and services that are going to help them get to that next level. What our goal is, is really to educate people. So they're asking good questions. They're making decisions rooted in logic as opposed to emotion. And they're, 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 they're good clients, right? So I remember all the time, you know, oftentimes people would have questions and I'd spend a lot of time explaining very basics that they should you would assume no, or even worse, I would get calls back in the day where somebody would say, Hey, uh, I, I want to explore refinancing with you. But the last person I said, talked to said my, I'm very close to not qualifying. They said my credit's bad and I don't want to get my credit run again. So I'd have to explain, Hey, you can pull it X number of times and it will only count as one issue. And then I run their credit and they're like 840 FICO. So the other person was just trying to, you know, keep them out from shopping, uh, the, the various loans. I know things have changed since then, but it was a big problem, uh, back in the day. So I just want to make sure people are educated so they have good conversation with professionals. So they're making decisions rooted in logic. And, and again, we're all helping them work toward greater financial wellness. Mine's through education. Yours may be through getting a lower rate or making that investment to their first home purchase, but we're all helping them work toward greater financial wellness. Thanks for sharing that. So I have like I have coaches and mentors, and but one of the things in our industry right, as real estate professionals, whether we're investors, agents, or coaches, like what you're saying, is like, it's commoditized. Like we all kind of offer the same thing, right? And one of the best ways where you can like decommoditize yourself is by adding and providing other services, such as in your case, like what you're mentioning, right? So if I'm just a real estate agent, what are some other things that I can do that separate me from other real estate agents? And one of those things could be to provide financial education. So uh, could you talk about that a little bit? Like how, because I know you understand branding and marketing, like this is one of those things that we as real estate professionals can add to our tool belt. And then it's like, okay, yeah, this agent brought me more because they gave me financial education as well. Could you talk about that? Yeah, yeah, great question. And, and really, there's a few levels of financial education we can employ, right? And the beauty today, we'll start from the base level. The beauty today is there's automation, there's tools. I listen to one of your podcasts on incorporating these, these technology tools to enhance that client relationship. Great podcast, by the way, uh, there. And, and really, we can the base level, we can incorporate 
education into our newsletters. We can send out targeted education. So if you know somebody has a, a 450 credit score, they're not going to be able to buy in the next few years. You can send out targeted education emails automated that are helping them address their credit. So you don't have to be involved in this way. You can check in on them, you know, once a year, once a quarter, whatever you said, and, and you're giving value to them, right? You're not just checking in without giving value. They're show, you're showing you're nurturing them, right? Um, so that's a base level. Automated education you can do some different social media groups and different things that are targeted but very simple and easy to employ the next level really is conducting workshops and classes it can be online it could be in person but these are also a great tool to build uh, partner relationships within the real estate industry in those feeder industries so if, if somebody's interested in let's say buying a home for the first time you let your title companies know your appraisal companies hey i'm conducting this workshop and and they're all going to benefit from that that uh, that person buying a home right so you can really get an, a nice coalition of people recommending your workshop and conducting those uh, that make a real difference in people's confidence in doing that and the third level really is adding coaching which is very much like underwriting alone in many cases where understanding somebody's financial situation you know in the real estate industry we're looking at six main factors you know with coaching we're looking at 31 factors of financial wellness but this is a great one for the higher rate seasons right so if you're heavy into refis rates go up how are you going to supplement that income well coaching is a aligned with your brand very easy to incorporate with what you do and it's building future clientele as well because you're helping them meet their most important urgent needs and getting them in position to make investments in the future and maybe one of them uh, for the client might be buying a home and they built a relationship with you so there's really multiple levels within financial education there's many hybrids of all those levels um, but i think just incorporating something again not only helps you deepen relationships but is a great thing for your brand image as you mentioned as well I would love to hear more about that. Like somebody's like interested, you make it sound really good. How would they get started? Do they reach out to you? Do they go to Google? What is that process like on incorporating what it is that you're talking? Yeah, yeah. We, they can reach out to us at financialeducatorscouncil.org or connect with me on LinkedIn, Vince Shorb, S-H-O-R-B, and happy to help and, and direct them best. But our, our goal as an organization is pro to provide turnkey systems to implement these programs. It's not like, okay, hey, you got to figure it out. It's like, no, here's exactly what to do. Here's the emails to send. Here's the marketing pieces already pre-done. Here's a training on what to say. Here's the materials. Um, here's the coaching software. So everything's pre-built. Um, you know, there's no need to reinvent the wheel. When we started, as I alluded to before, we didn't start out as a council. I came from the mortgage industry. I brought over clients that I then started coaching, started doing financial education workshops, um, and this is built through years of us performing those actions on on people um and we just grew so much it's just we had to expand to serve others so that they can reach more people but that's really it was rooted in us delivering it refining that over many many iterations um with the goal of, of lowering the cost and time needed to create something from scratch Thank you for sharing that. And like we know you have like a niche in financial services, but this also applies to like real estate. So when I ask you these questions, I want you to think about both perspectives or if you can combine it, you can do that, too. So the first question, what are most common questions faced by financial service providers across the different industries? I think a lot of times it's just 
basic questions. And I think the, the key thing people are looking for is confirmation that you understand their situation. So I think a lot of questions are, hey, do you really understand me in my situation? I think it's a big problem in uh, financial services across the board is hey, we don't take enough time to really understand what are their near-term goals? What is those next steps for them? What do they have envisioned? But it's not always the, the financial service provider's uh, issue. It's oftentimes the person hasn't thought about it. So when you're getting somebody to think about something, it takes a lot more conversation around that. Again, there's two ways to conduct business. There's one transactional. If you're going through a high volume transactions and, and just doing that, that's one way, right? The other way is more relationship building where you're taking longer and understanding somebody's needs. So let's say I met a financial advisor for the first time and just on the street, hey, I'm John, I'm a financial advisor and he tries to sell me a bond fund right away. Hey, you should invest in this bond without him knowing anything about me. I'd be like red flag, right? But if, if, if this guy took an hour having a conversation, understanding my plans, hey, are, are you going to have kids? Are you going to get married? Are you going to, uh, you know, uh, take care of an aging parent? What's the next step for you? What are your next major financial milestones? What are the major challenges you're faced with here today? What are those pain points that keep you up at night? He spent an hour, then he recommended it based on that knowledge. I'd be like, oh, great, right? I'd feel much more secure in his recommendation because he knew that. Um, so yeah, I think the, 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 the biggest uh, uh, thing I would say is, hey, take, if you're looking for that more relationship-oriented practice, um, take that time to really know that person on a deep level and identify their most important and urgent needs now and also the longer-term goals. Thank you. Uh, so could you help us, like, help me understand, you mentioned a little bit earlier, help us understand what brand equity is and let, let us know what we can do to increase awareness around that. Yeah, it's a, I think it's a huge thing and, and many independent like people in the real estate space are really missing that. I have buddies that have been in mortgages for 30 years, right? And everyone, whenever I talk to anybody, right, the first thing I do, no matter what you, anybody I talk to on the phone, even friends that I haven't talked to maybe once a year, I look them up online. That's just what I do. I don't do social media, so I don't keep up. I don't have any social channels. That's what I do besides LinkedIn. Um, so I just look look them up online, type in their name, and I'll typically see a website. It's okay, you know, a couple pages. Mention their LinkedIn and maybe mention on like the broker side or or, or something, right? But that's it. I, I would never because I know them. I trust them. I'd have them do my loan. But if I was shopping for a loan, I would never hire them because I don't I don't see anything that gives third party credibility. I don't see anything that's really highlighting them. And in today's age, online presence is a key indicator of trust. When you're in a high trust required business where somebody's trusting you with a huge dollar amount that's bigger than they make in 5, 10, 15 years of their life, right? When we're doing a loan or having them buy a piece of real estate, it's a major investment. Um, and that trust is so key. So if, if that's all you see on somebody, it's like, hmm, very low trust. It's important to build that brand equity. How do we do that? By getting out there uh, in, in through a few ways. Community service is a great builder of trust um, through conducting programming, uh, maybe volunteering, getting on and, and highlighting that online. So it's, and we do all that for, for our, our clients, but uh, getting them online, uh, looking out for their education pieces. So edu if they're producing some education materials, mm -hmm. That's a showcase of their expertise. So we want community service, part of the brand. We want expertise, 
part of that brand. So if they're working with a certain type of, 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 of maybe they're specializing buying rental properties, right? I want to see articles. I want to see data on them writing and producing videos, anything uh, on that where they're showing their expertise. Uh, the other portion is leadership. I want to show that they're thought leaders in their industry. Um, and that's how I would pick somebody. And that's really that brand equity piece. And what we do is work with uh, people in the real estate and financial services, which is building their brand equity through giving back to the community. Uh, we facilitate all that um, through uh, providing education articles written on their behalf. So it's highlighting their expertise and they're contributing as well because we want their unique niche in there. Um, creating the social image graphics, putting them on videos. So when somebody looks them up, they're seeing eight to 10 things on the front page or two of Google that showcase their videos, their imagery, their expertise, their thought leadership and their community service. Um, and when you see that, it's like, okay, I have trust now. In fact, when I, I uh, you know, uh, looked at, uh, I bought a place out in Texas. My buddies aren't licensed in Texas, so I didn't go through them. I looked up online, the guy I found, he had multiple pages, did a lot of work with the military, did a lot of community service. That's how I picked him. Um, and he, he's a great guy and did 90% purchases, which was perfectly in alignment with what I was looking for. Wrote a ton of articles about purchases. It's like, that is what we want to imitate for other people in the space so that, hey, there's that added sense of trust um, and value alignment, which is also that value alignment is very key today. Um, and, and that's what we do. Thank you. So when I was reading your bio, I could see like a lot of a lot of purpose and a lot of cause within your bio. So from your perspective, can you tell us why that is important to be associated with some kind of cause and also help like help us understand like, you know, cause what that is? Yeah, you know, cause based marketing is huge. We see the growth. If you look out there, all these big players are, are doing this cause based marketing. And there's a right way and a wrong way to do it, right? The, the, mm -hmm. Oftentimes we see the, the cause based marketing gone wrong, right? Where they have a, a product and they find the align with the cause where 40% of people hate them, 40% love them, and 20% don't care, right? Very risky. Um, you're cutting out a huge amount of, of, of people from that cause. Um, we also see cause where there's not alignment. So maybe you're, you're a realtor and you love dogs. So you, you're promoting your dog cause through your business. And it's like, okay, well, I love dogs too, but does that make me trust this person as a realtor more? Uh, the beauty of financial wellness, and I'm a little biased, obviously, I have a financial wellness company, but it's a perfect alignment with financial services because when there's congruency, when there's alignment, there's trust. So if you're in the mortgage realtor, whatever space you're in, um, and you're aligning with financial wellness, they see you out volunteering at maybe local schools, you know, donating materials. There's a, 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 a alignment with your core business models. Nothing you have to explain, right? Um, so it, it matches. Uh, additionally, uh, with that, um, you can, uh, with that brand piece, it, it's very critical as well to be active and not a faker. You want authentic participation, right? It's like a lot of people say I'm involved in this cause and there's nothing to back that up. It's very critical that authentic participation is there. Lastly, uh, we see a big issue with this. They'll do a lot of like cause-based marketing programs. They'll do a lot of front-end loaded. So on in the initial marketing, the sales funnel, they're talking about the cause they're involved in. Um, and then when they become a client, they never hear about it again. So we want to make that 
very, very uh, ingrained into that whole persona of who you are. And when you do that that way, now you've created a brand around financial wellness, which for anybody in the sales side, right? It lowers that barrier of, of uh, worried about, Hey, I'm going to get stuck in a sales call. Uh, it positioned you as an educator so you can have that conversation. So they know, Hey, I can call Tom and he's going to educate me uh, as opposed to try to sell me. Um, and value alignment is one of the key reasons people are making purchase decisions today. If they see that you're uh, involved in a cause that garners mass support. So nobody hates financial wellness, which I love. I've never had anybody protest me or say, hey, don't teach kids about money. So everybody believes that, Hey, it should be taught. It's important. Um, so when you're involved in a cause like that, you have mass support, um, and you're aligning on that value level with clients, which is a huge differentiator while everybody else is competing on competing on terms and rates, you're competing on values and, 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 and trust built through your brand equity that's been built. Thank you for sharing that. And just so our audience knows, uh, Vince's cause is synonymous. Uh, I'm reading like some of the places where he's been featured. When I first got into this, I was like studying finance. Was, that's why I got into real estate. I was like, how can I be wealthy? How can I achieve financial freedom? And some of the logos on his sheet, the Motley Fool, Business Insider, Washington Post, American Banker, Financial Advisor, NerdRollet. These are all companies and all brands that I saw that were affiliated with financial services. You want to give any insight on that, Vince? Yeah, you know, I think if we look at the financial service industry, you know, they're investing a lot of money into financial education and wellness. Now, I would love to say it's all just for, you know, giving back and, and a lot of it is, but also they understand it's a big way to acquire clients. So with, with any cause-based marketing or what they call corporate social responsibility, CSR, um, it, it's a balance of giving back to the community, but also business benefits. So through that, you know, giving back and making a difference, which I, I, I love, it's, hey, if you can make a difference and benefit financially, wonderful, let's do it. Um, and, and, and that's really kind of the, the end goal. So it's, hey, you're giving back, but they're tracking things and we track it for them, things like leads, conversions client acquisition, uh, you know, uh, you know, all these types of things. And, and we're comparing it with traditional marketing. Oftentimes when they're involved in the cause based campaign, we're actually lowering the client acquisition costs for our clientele, um, and providing this great value for the community. So that whole CSR phenomenon, which we've seen grow exponentially over the last uh, decade, um, is, is just growing at massive rates. And, if we look at the, uh, and there's been a survey the last uh, 10 years, the US has been the most giving country in the world. The population has been the most giving country in the world in, in terms of volunteer and financial contributions. So Americans are giving, they wanna help, they wanna support. We see it every day out there in communities, you know, around food shelters, you know, all these things where people are giving their time. And it's nice when you can align with a cause that people believe in. Um, and, and make a difference to not only the community, but also your business. Thank you. How, how, so how can professionals and financial services as well as, as well as real estate services, how can they differentiate themselves from competitors? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, there's, there's, you know, I think the core differentiation and, and it's hard to differentiate based on some 
base foundation principles you need. You need to be an organized professional, have the basic online presence, right? That's just kind of what people expect. That's not really even differentiation, but I want to set that stage because a lot of people think, oh, differentiation, my name, logo, color scheme, you know, having a website, all that. Yeah, but people expect that. If you don't have that, people are going to discount you, right? So today that's not differentiation. A decade ago, maybe right that was different oh you got a cool website oh you got some some social following you got that was differentiation then it's not differentiation anymore um so i think the 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 key ways i alluded to this before but it's through community service right giving back finding that cause i'd welcome you guys to join the financial education movement and really propel this forward another one is leadership positioning so we are bringing something into the community so we have our state campaigns where we have financial education sponsors that help us donate materials to the community we do extensive marketing and promotion campaigns for them uh, additionally that expert positioning whether it be through going on podcasts because you have knowledge or doing your own podcast like Jerome. That's Jerome has a higher level of knowledge because he is leading this, connecting with experts, you know, high level of trust there or writing articles, you know, doing vlogs, uh, producing content. Content's a big way to show expertise, uh, being involved in community organizations. All these things are ways to differentiate. So when somebody calls you, you're not just going, my interest right now is 6.5, here's the cost right or hey here's what i do sell a home i market i do this everybody does the same thing pretty much right you might have a better marketing angle you might have a little better rate eighth better rate but when you when you're able to say hey i've been in i've been in financial i've been in let's say mortgages uh, i've been in mortgages for the last 10 years very passionate about it i got into this because i had a problem getting my own mortgage back then i want to really help people especially first-time home buyers like yourself. And I also do a lot of work with the community and providing education uh, to these various groups, these different nonprofit groups I, I support. And I tie that in, I educate you through that process as well. And I look to build a long-term relationship, really educating you through these life stages. So, hey, when you're ready, so I can help, even though I'm on the mortgage side, I wanna help and support you there with education and, and other resources I provide. That's a big differentiator, right? And, and again, my, 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 my pitch right there it need about 10 more times saying out loud but you get the basic mm -hmm. idea and it's just something you'd refine but that i try to include the major components there so don't uh, criticize my uh, pitch there too much is on the top of my head but when you're able to say that as opposed to 6.5 five grand in cost it makes a huge difference thank you for sharing that and i just want to share something with you you inspired me because like i offer products and services and i haven't really been clear on like what exactly that I offer, right? Because a big problem that real estate professionals have is finances, right? They don't want to invest in the marketing. And part of the reason why they don't want to invest because they don't see a clear picture on where the money is going and where they're going to make that return. So you've inspired me that I would like to incorporate some kind of uh, financial education into the new product that I'm making, right? I'm helping them create new stuff and I want to incorporate, I want to incorporate financial education as part of that I'd be happy to have you or someone from your company be a contributor to that as well. And, and that leads me to my next question. How can, can uh, like, real quick because you brought up a very good point. Yeah. I just want to touch on real quick. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and you said invest in the marketing, right? And I, I think mm -hmm. a big distinction I just want to make for everybody because we get this question a lot, you know, Hey, when we're buying leads or investing in the marketing, it's like, okay, hey, here's 10 grand. Am I going to make money on that or am I going to lose? Are these good leads or bad leads? Is nobody is, has, has these leads been worked through by 20 other agents or not? You know, the nice thing about investing into a brand, it's an investment into an asset. So when I look mm -hmm. you up on Jerome, I see 
30 pages or, or 30 plus listings. I, I look at the first three pages of Google, you're, you're filled up the whole thing, right? Um, so that's an investment into an asset that's always going to be there and it's going to be growing and building. Um, so, you know, when you're investing in the marketing, it, it, it's, it's a risk. I, I, I big believer in marketing, test marketing, make sure it's to you know, generate an ROI. But when you have an asset like your brand built, that reduces the cost. So we're big into conversion rate optimization, CRO. So if you have all these leads, if you're investing in marketing, somebody like me is looking you up online before they make that call and they're not seeing anything, you're not getting that call. That's a dead lead, right? So that brand helps to improve that conversion rate optimization. Um, and, and again, it's an asset that keeps working for you while the marketing, hey, might be one and done. Hopefully you generate an ROI or find that lead source that will generate consistent ROI. But that brand is something that's always going to be working for you. And then, sorry to interrupt there. I just wanted to, you brought up a very good point. I just want to drill down a bit. There. No, I appreciate it. And uh, it was just leading to my next question, which is like, how can we invest into financial wellness? Like, how can we put financial wellness programs into like our marketing and the services that we provided? Like, what is your perspective on that? Like, how can we do that practically, strategically, whether it's like, you know, create a blog or whether it's like, come to me and I have, the turnkey system i just want to hear your perspective on that because that's something that we absolutely need like you mentioned earlier like we don't learn financial education in school i didn't learn much in school honestly yeah. when i got out of school it's when the real learning started to happen Jerome, people are like Jerome, you're so smart and i'm like yeah because i went to find that education and it all happened after i got out of school yeah man that's and that's unfortunate it's still the case today i'm shocked that financial education isn't taught in school um, but there's several ways we could do so, you know, um, you know, I think just in the, in the, in, I think the first step is to realize that when you're talking to a client, you are a financial educator, you're educating them on the process and on the, on the, on what it is. I can't tell you how many times I've explained APR, right? Every, every mortgage broker knows that, that detailed explanation, but we can incorporate things on those sales type calls too. some education methodology, something as simple as being able to show them a graphic. Most people are visual learners. So little education a technique like visual learning cues by showing them a graphic on you know Zoom or whatever. Hey, I'm going to explain it, but here's the graphic that explains it. And they're going to pick it up much quicker. So that's a form of education, very base level, but it's a form of education that you can incorporate very easily. Also, you're going to find it reduces your explanation time of those issues by a, a huge amount. Um, because when people can visually see it, we, we look at auditory learners or less than 15% are auditory. The majority are visual learners. So when we can accommodate the way they like to learn through these visual learning cues, a very simple strategy, um, that, that works pretty effective, um, uh, there. And it, again, it cuts down the explanation time. The other aspect we can do is again, uh, find that content you want to create. So if, if you don't like doing videos, don't start doing videos of force you because anything will require consistency, right? So if you like writing, cool. Maybe you're not a good writer, but you have ideas. Well, you can write the outline and then hire a writer. So the beauty is today we can hire and outsource the people to find those things or just partner with us, we do it for you. Um, you can, again, incorporate more workshops and classes, um, those things. You can donate resources to nonprofits and schools in your area. Um, and, and that's a great way, especially if you're donating, you're building that connection. Whenever we facilitate donations, we always have the organization that is receiving the donations promote our 
the, the donator, right? Uh, promote the person funding that because we don't want people to get something for free. We want everybody to have skin in the game. So if you're a school receiving donations, hey, you need to pay back in some way. We're not going to ask you for money, but you're going to promote our, the person that made that donation for you. And you're going to, you know, reach the parents and, and provide some marketing there as well because we want to win-win, right? Um, and again, you can go to the highest level, which is more coaching into your practice. Now that's adding a whole nother revenue center. That's a whole nother uh, uh, re requirement. And, and on that end, you know, that's 200 hours of invested time into getting the practice running. We provide you everything, but is a time investment. But I always say, hey, the, the, the higher rate uh, environment, uh, when refis kind of slow down quite a bit, it's always a good time to replan and prepare for if things continue going up or if they come down and you can you can you can start to generate you know, the more of the real estate side, but you have this other service you can offer. So I, I think the beauty of financial wellness, there's so many ways you can participate. It's finding what you want to do, your outcome goals. Is it more of a brand thing? Is it more conversion thing? Is it more just a, a community service thing? Um, and finding the way you want to participate and, and working toward those goals. Do, do you provide workshops and seminars and stuff like that? Like, would you partner up with, say, like, say, an agent, they run a home buyer seminar and they want to incorporate a financial aspect? How would that work? Yeah, a few ways. We, we have a, a, a speaker's board, so we can connect you with one of our speakers. We have all the materials pre done. Um, so if you're from first time home buyer workshops to you know maintaining real estate workshops to real estate investing workshops so a variety of different workshops you could put on um all there so either the maybe the agent or the mortgage broker would want to lead that or they can outsource it to to our one of our graduates which are uh we have a, a certified financial education instructor program so really high quality instruction delivered in a in a you know in a way that meets the highest standards uh and that's important because your brands align when you bring a speaker right so it could be hey the diy here's the resources you implement that um uh to a full servicing that we do um i i would say the most popular ones we have right now uh, for uh, those in the uh, financial service and real estate space uh, would be more the, our state campaigns where we're bringing on these local professionals onto our state boards. So we just released our California Financial Educators Council, our, our state chapter, and we bring in financial professionals to those boards. They're donating materials to the community. We're conducting all the promotions, building their brand equity and doing those things on their behalf. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's a variety of ways. Um, the way I always like to start is just how we, we approach uh, anything that we're doing financial service. Understand that person's need. Some of the first questions I ask people when they, they, they contact say, what's your goal? What are you trying to do? We'll look them up online. Hey, here's where we see the gaps. So really an audit. So same thing you do when you're qualifying them for a mortgage. We understand, hey, what you're looking to accomplish. We understand where you're at and we're filling in those gaps for you. So even if you're not certain, we can help guide you. How can we learn more about that website, phone number? What's that like? Yeah, yeah they go to financialeducatorscouncil.org and uh, financialeducators with S council.org. Or again, just connect with me, Vince Shorb, S H O R B, via LinkedIn, and we'll, we'll uh, have that conversation. We'll send you the information. Um, and uh, you can just use the contact us page and, and let us know uh, uh, you heard us through uh, uh, this podcast and um, we'll, we'll take really good care of you. Uh, we just, you know, uh, again, 
I think we're all in the financial wellness industry. So it's, it's, I think that's the big takeaway here. We're all on the same side. And if we can just help people gain a little bit of extra knowledge, get them in the right products that are going to help them do so, it can make a huge difference in somebody's life. I mean, just, you know, it's just, uh, I, I remember back in my day in the mid nineties, right? Um, people were contacting me there in the uh, double digit interest rates. And, and at that time rates were about six, 7%, I believe, um, back in the mid nineties. And, and they came down, it was, uh, about t uh, five years prior, they were double digits, 10 plus percent. And still people were contacting me five years after rates have gone down significantly, um, uh, because they weren't paying attention. They didn't know they could refinance on many things, but they lost out on four or five years of significantly lower payments. Um, and just because they didn't know. So I think hey, if we can educate more people, find those people that aren't getting this information um, and, and we can really serve our community very well and the nation as a whole. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, Vince, I would like to know how we can provide you value. So the first question is, how can someone add immediate value to you or your business? Well, really, if you know anybody that uh, needs help with financial education, or if you say, hey, my community needs us, there's a problem, people are in financial need, um, we're happy to help and support. Uh, so if you just so you just connect us, we'll, we'll take the appropriate next steps. So I appreciate that question. All right. How can we provide long-term value to you or your business? I really, I think if, 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 if you open your heart to being involved in financial wellness on some aspect, again, there's many levels, but if you incorporate education and, and that type of thing into your practice, you're going to really stand a chance to help a lot of people. And in our organization, we're a certified B corporation, which means we need a balanced social impact with business growth goals. Um, so if we can work together and, and really addressing, I think, the biggest problem facing the nation at this time uh, uh, where it's costing people billions annually because of their lack of knowledge, uh, we can do a great service and again, help people avoid those sleepless nights, help people. I remember my time when I was worried, scrounging through the couch cushions, looking for change, you know, getting in arguments with my girlfriend at the time because didn't have any money, couldn't go out to eat, right? All those things that are annoyances in life that money can really solve. Um, and again, it's not about getting rich and for some people, other people it is right, which I appreciate. Um, but for some people it's just, Hey, I don't want to have to, you know, think about getting that third job, or I want to be able to take off, you know, a, a weekend for once in my life without having to drive Uber on the side to, to pay my bills. Um, all these things can have a drastic positive impact on, on their lives in the community. Thank you. Uh, what is one question you wish I asked you and how would you have answered? <laughs> Um, yeah, good, good question. Um, uh, let me think. So I would say uh, more lines on, uh, you know, managing, you know, how would you uh, manage this type of incorporating this into your practice? Um, and I think you I think you even touched on it. But it's, it's really again, I, I would say, um, uh, you know, a lot of the aspects of financial education, they're set up and run automated, even conducting programs, right? The first time always takes a little bit of time, um, but if you're doing, let's say, live workshops, after you do the first one, you have the marketing done, you have the registration process done, you have everything done. So a lot of it is about process procedures to duplicate. And when we can duplicate, we can scale, right? Uh, and when you're able to scale quickly, you can serve more people. That means more leads. That means more more potential clients. So um, I would say, you know, hey, if 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 you can focus on you know implementing these things with a 
high degree of attention toward processes and procedure that will allow you to scale that would be the the key thing i would uh, suggest all right uh tell us how we can learn more about you and your website again yeah thanks again uh financial educators council.org or linkedin vince dash shore okay vince if you could close us out with one word no explanations what word would that be one word drive tell us why uh it, it, life isn't easy it's it's not you know i know uh, uh, everybody kind of paints this rosy picture of hey life's easy it's not it's a challenge every day you need to stay driven you need to stay focused on your reasons you need to wake up hungry and if you're not you need to find that drive and think about those reasons that will motivate you be grateful for what you have but keep driving forward um, and, and, and be ready to tackle those next challenges. They're always going to be there. Um, and, and no matter where you are in life, they're always going to be there, just different degrees and different uh, uh, things. Uh, so keep that drive going, keep that focus. And, and I wish you all the very best. Thank you, Vince. This has been excellent. You've inspired me to incorporate more financial education into the things that I do. And I'm looking forward to reaching out to you for some future collaborations. Uh, with that, we are done the show. I want you to sit here and then we'll wrap it up. Sounds like a plan, Jerome. Right. Thank you Thank very you, much man. for having me. I appreciate what you're doing as well. And, you know, you're already financially educating people. You're already an educator. You're doing business education, which is an element of financial education. So you're already leading the pack there. So I appreciate what you're doing and, and keep up the great work. Thank you. Thank you so much.